Welcome to Sweet Talk. This broadcast is brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts and the format is conversational. We will be having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. Now, let's get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Sweet Talk. Uh, I'm Jason Batalden. I'm the Assistant Director here at Continuing Education Workforce Training. And uh, I am here today joined by a couple people. Um, those of you who are regulars to the show are looking and wondering, what's Gary doing on here? Where's Paul? <laughs> well, Paul, every now and then we let him take some time off. We make him pay for it dearly, but uh, he took some time off on today's uh, podcast, and so uh, he will be back uh, when he, we tell him to come back from his time off. So Gary's stepping in for him today, and Gary is our director here at Continuing Education Workforce Training, and so we're always glad to have Gary on the show. Um, and I think uh, part of the reason why, too, Gary, is because I think we're really interested in what our guest has to say today. Oh, absolutely. That's why so, I want but, to be here. Yes. So with that being said, I already failed my first job because I have to say welcome. And welcome means that I start the 20-minute timer. So uh, the third person on the show today with us is Connie Eirich. Um, and Connie, I, uh, you, uh, well, just so everyone knows, Connie is an instructor uh, for a fall class that we are offering this fall called Grief Recovery Method. And it starts September 9th. And Connie, before I go mess anything else up, I'm going to actually have you introduce yourself to our audience and to us. Um, and so, Connie, first of all, thank you for being with us today. I'm glad, glad you're here. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here as well. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Connie Eirich, as you mentioned, and I am a certified grief recovery specialist, certified by the Grief Recovery Institute. And um, I teach people how to process the pain of loss so that they can experience more joy in their life. Um, to, uh, and we'll, I know we'll talk about this more, but we often don't know how to deal with our grief and we're not taught how to do that. And, and so I'm so excited to be able to offer this class this fall with ISU to be able to teach more people in our community the tools needed to do so. Yeah. Um, I'm also a full-time elementary music teacher, so the grief is kind of my side gig. Um, <laughs> I, I love music. I love singing. I love performing. I, I love, be, you know, being with people. And, and um, so that's a little bit about me, I guess. And uh, we can talk, I guess, some more about... No, 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 no. And I, first of all, I, I need to let you know, and, and just in full disclosure, uh, my mother was an elementary school teacher. So I, uh, I, um, I totally appreciate that job. <laughs> and I always thought if I ever was going to be a teacher, uh, an elementary school teacher would be probably a wonderful job. It, I know my mom loved it, but I also know it's, there's a lot to it, and uh, you have a special gift to uh, uh, try to uh, impart the love of music and gift onto little kids and the given's training. So, I mean, there's, there's like two topics we could gladly talk about today, but we definitely <laughs> want to stick on the grief topic. 
So as an elementary school teacher, full-time gig, um, something must have sparked you a passion or an experience or uh, something to kind of get into uh, grief recovery. Um, how did, did or did you get grief recovery first and then decide, wait a minute, I need to go into, no. So I, it's a, I'm assuming correct that you you started out as your teacher and then something um, inspired you to sort of pick up this as, as quote unquote, your side gig, as you said. Yes. Yeah, so I've always loved music. Like from the time I was a little kid, I sang in all the, the school, um, Oh, what do they call them? Talent shows in elementary yeah, school. Yeah, I was in yeah. choir, you know, so like music's been my gig my whole life. Um, and it was just actually three, almost four years ago, actually this fall. Um, I had a very dear friend of mine that died from suicide. Mm-hmm. And um, this was kind of the first loss that I had that was like, so in that, in that way of suicide, like I, I've had many, many losses. Like I lost my grandma. I actually, I lost three grandmas in a year's time, which is really hard in itself. And many friends, I think even in that same year's time. So I had experienced a lot of grief, um, in my life and I had dealt with, you know, the sadness and the, the constant crying and the feeling like I have no control of my emotions and things like that. But this death with my friend, um, was harder on me because she called me the night before she died. Oh no. And I didn't answer the phone Mm -hmm. and um, she left her usual chipper. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for the birthday gift. Cause I had just seen her a week previously um, for her birthday. And um, I was out with some friends and we were at some activity. I don't remember now at the time. And I didn't answer her phone call and I didn't call her back the next day because I had something else going on the next day. This was a Friday, Saturday. And um, Monday, I found out there was a Facebook post that um, they found her car and they didn't find her. Oh, no. So my heart was devastated. Like, I thought, oh, my gosh, she reached out to me and it's all my fault. She died because I wasn't there. And because of those feelings, it caused depression. It caused me to isolate from my, my friends, even the friends that I was with when it happened, um, because I was afraid of someone else getting hurt, which may sound silly, but when you've experienced it, like that was my reality. Like if I go out and spend time with other friends, someone else might get hurt because that's what happened to my friend, Lily. And so I continued on for about, I don't know, this happened in October. So for about two months, like I continued on through this depression, isolation, um, just feeling the heavy burden of responsibility or what I thought was responsibility and what I thought was guilt for my friend's death. And it, in December, I realized I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't do my job. Like it was my first year teaching um, in my position that I have now as an elementary music teacher. I was struggling to do my job because I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I didn't, I I couldn't focus. And these are all normal and natural reactions to grief and loss. Um, And I was like, I need help. And so I started reaching out to my friends first saying, Hey, do you know somebody who deals with grief? I need somebody specific. I need a counselor or somebody that can help me because 
I don't know what to do with these feelings. So hold on, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, but you connected all that right away with the feeling of loss, right? So you see, I I guess I, I, I wanted, I didn't mean to interrupt that story, but what jumped me out there, well, I guess I did because I interrupted, but you, you were experiencing the depression. I went out of bed and how did you make that connection right away to it was that loss that do you remember that experience or 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 was it just that was it like one of those constant dull ache pressures that were just leaning on you and you're like wait a minute I didn't feel this before her suicide but I've been feeling it since was that I how did you get to that realization you know uh that's a really good question um I I don't know when in that two months time that I connected it, I knew that I wasn't okay. And I knew that mm. um, things weren't okay, but I didn't know, like, it kind of, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes it takes me a little while to like realize, like, it's like you fall down a rabbit hole and after you're 10 feet in, then you're like, oh my gosh, I fell in the rabbit hole. <laughs> Versus, you know, like you're two feet and you're like, I need to get my, I need to step out of this hole. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I was, you know, 10, 20 feet in the rabbit hole that I was like, uh, there's a problem. I can't do my job. I can't get out of bed. I can't focus. I can't write my lesson plans for my job. And so, um, so like I said, the first thing I did was reach out for help. I had to ask my colleagues, like, can I borrow your lesson plans? Because I literally cannot focus and sit with this to do it. But um, so through all that, a friend of mine, um, found a support group here in town. Um, I don't know if it's no any if it's functioning any longer, but a support group that was for people who had lost someone to suicide. And so I started attending that right away, which was very helpful in realizing that the way I felt was normal because I felt so lost and I felt so isolated. And um, many people at, in that group expressed the same similar feelings of um, feeling like it was their fault and wishing they could have done something different. Um, so I found that group. And then another friend of mine told me about a woman named Laura Jack who lives in Hood River. And um, she is a certified grief recovery specialist. And they're like, she's wonderful. And so I contacted her. And I started working with her. And my mind was blown with the things that I learned that I didn't know and understand about grief. Mm. And so as I continued to work with her, I started the work with her because of um, the loss of Lily, but I finished the work with her because of the losses in my childhood, because I realized that, yeah, there's this very, you know, this heavy feeling and burden of losing my friend Lily, but there's also like an even greater loss from things that happened in my childhood. And so, I mean, that kind of brings to a greater point, right? Is it um, maybe a myth or an illusion or a misunderstanding about grief is that it's, it's isolated to specific thing, right? That I feel uh, I'm going to, I'm going to totally use a, I don't mean to minimize the seriousness of this, but you know, I, I, I lost a pet as a child, right? And I grieve that moment, but now I don't, so that I had grief for that experience, 
but now I don't, right? And so, I mean, but the truth of the matter is, and, and when we talk about more significant trauma, more significant losses, that grief does not just, you know, here has a start time, has an end time, disappears, and I move on. It, and, and so, you know, is that a myth or an illusion that we have? Is that it's that way? And because, I mean, you kind of referenced, you discovered grief that you've been carrying with you since a child. Right. I love right. that you brought up the example of losing your pet. And, okay. Okay. Um, because that's actually one of the examples we use. We often talk about, um, in the grief recovery method, we talk about myths or misinformation about grief. Okay. And one of them is, well, two of them, they kind of go hand in hand. Don't feel bad and replace the loss. So I don't know what your experience was when you lost the pet, but the example we use is that oftentimes when a child loses a pet and they're crying and they're sad because they lost their best friend, right? Parents are like, oh, don't feel bad. We'll get you another dog, right? Now, maybe that wasn't your experience, but if, if that is your experience, we learn then it's not okay to feel sad about losing something and that we can just replace it if we do. But then when you lose bigger losses, like your father or a grandparent or, you know, whatever, then you can't replace that. So, so there's those two, and those are just two of the, the six myths that we talk about or misinformation about grief. And the thing is, is that as a child, when we have these experiences, you know, and our parents try to help us through it, they are doing the best that they know how. They're teaching us what they learned from their parents. And so we continue to share these myths and misinformation about grief um, because we don't know any different. Right. Well, and then I, th- I would also say there's some like cultural, right? I mean, just not we learn it from our parents, yes, but there's also some cultural like expectations, right? Uh, you know, the funeral is done, you know, move on. Um, you know, that happened years ago. Why does it bother you today? I mean, uh, culturally speaking, um, you know, we've created uh, mechanisms, but those mechanisms don't, aren't always effective in uh, releasing or relieving or at least helping us manage or learning to live with our grief. Um, you know, one of the things that, that always amazes me, and this, I, I, I know very little things, but one of the things I do know is that, you know, in um, archaeological digs, right, uh, how do we know about the peoples that lived thousands and thousands of years before we showed up on this planet? It's through their burial rituals, right? As a human being, we have created since, you know, the beginning of our existence as, as uh, a sentient being, you know, as, as no, aware, aware of ourselves, we have, there are rituals around death, right? So there's, that's been important to us. So grief, right, is one of the, the foundational emotions that we experience and that we share, not with just each other, but with all of human history. Um, that's, that's a foundational emotion. And so, uh, you know, there's that cultural kind of piece on that. So kind of with that, what causes grief? What are the causes question. of grief? So we, um, when I say we, I'm referring to the Grief Recovery Institute and how I've been taught okay. because they are the ones that have taught me these, these things. Um, so we talk about unresolved grief and that's, that's what grief really is. So first I think it'd be important to, um, at this time to define grief 
and then I'll tell you a little bit about unresolved grief. So um, first of all, grief is the normal and natural reaction to loss. So it's normal, right? How we respond is normal and natural, but the problem is how we're taught to deal with it is not normal or natural, and it's not helpful usually. The second definition that the Grief Recovery Institute uses is grief is the conflicting feelings that happen when, or that are caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So it's conflicting feelings caused when something ends or when something changes. And right now during COVID, like there's been a ton of change in our lives. Sure. At least there has been in mine. I assume everybody else's, you know. And this so loss, so lo I'm sorry again, but so loss is not just defined by death or the passing, but loss can be experienced in habits or routines or environmental changes. Or loss um, of job. Loss of job. Yes. And th those all are in are causes of grief. Yes, correct? and that's okay. that's why I love the grief recovery method is cuz it addresses all of those losses, not just death. And so it's kind of become my own motto that life, I mean, excuse me, grief isn't just about death, it's about life. Because mm -hmm. honestly, truthfully, I have done the grief recovery method on over 13 different relationships in my life. Only two of those are dead. So 11 of my relationships that I have completed and feel emotionally complete with are still living. Mm. And ex-boyfriends, bosses sure. who mistreated me, um, you know, those, those kind of things. Like it works for all relationships. And that's what I love about it. And, there, and that's one of the common misconceptions about grief is that, oh, I'm not grieving because I haven't lost anyone. But well, what about you could have loss of safety and trust as a child. Sure. You know, like there's so many losses that there's over 40 life events that are, are losses. So going back to your, where I cut you off so rudely, because, but uh, going back where you talked about COVID, right? I mean, yes, COVID has caused loss, loss of job, Gary, you know, like Gary's point is there's, I mean, we just look at the unemployment numbers, right? I mean, we know people are losing work as a result. Um, people are losing, uh, people are losing the opportunity to have funerals. I mean, right. There was a period of time when, uh, you know, in that March and April and May timeframe, um, and I don't know, in some communities, you know, public funerals aren't even an option still anymore. You can't go and grieve your dead, you know, or is that, did I use that term? I mean, let's talk, do you grieve your dead? Do you grieve dead? What does that mean to grieve, I guess? That's a good question. But what do you mean? What does it mean? To we experience, grieve? yeah, well, so I, I don't know. Oh, okay, now I'm in trouble. But we, we might just pass our 20-minute mark here, Gary. I just want you to know oh. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're just getting I guess into what, the good stuff. <laughs> right, right. But so, no, yeah, so what, I guess we grieve, right? But again, there's that idea that there's a start and end time, right? That, that I grieve at a funeral, that I grieve at a wake, that I grieve at, right? That, that's a behavior, a something I do. And like all behaviors, I start the behavior and I end the behavior. Um, and is that another myth? Is, do, we, do we really grieve? <laughs> wow, that is a loaded question. Okay, um, okay. So first of all, there is 
um, you kind of that kind of leans a little bit into the myth of time heals all wounds, right? Okay. Like after two years, I should be fine, or after this amount of time, I should be fine. But that's not true. The truth is that actions, correct actions, which we do in the grief recovery method, which is evidence based, correct actions within time is what heals. You can have a flat tire, and if you sit there and like, I'll just let time heal it, right? I just give it time. Is your tire <laughs> going to get any air in it? You have to fill it up. Like, you have to do something. And this is one of the biggest misconceptions about grief is like, I just need to let time heal. But then we're also told to replace the loss. So if you've had a, your heart broken by a divorce or a break, romantic breakup, like, find someone new. There's plenty of fish in the sea but also give it time. Like it's conflicting information as well. So we do grieve, but we, there's a way to grieve properly and there's a way and we can grieve improperly, right? If grieving is an action, if, if I'm grieving, well, maybe I got to get off this. So maybe Connie, just say quit this whole line of thought thinking, but, but, but I guess that's what I guess I'm just saying is that uh, you know, there's an action and I'm, you know, that grieve, grieving a loss of someone and we can do it a right way or we can do it a wrong way. And uh, the wrong way doesn't lead us to, to health. So I, I don't want to say that um, there's a right and a wrong way to grieve because oh, the very definition of grief is it's normal and natural reaction to loss. <laughs> I right? like it. So, so you can't say that, I'm doing it right and you're doing it wrong. Are there tools to recover from grief? Yes. That's what the grief recovery method is, is it's action-based and it's it gives you tools that anyone can do. But there's not a right or wrong way. If you grieve the loss for 10, 50 years, it's wrong. It just you guys hear that? That's our time. Yeah. Well, oh, and I had one question. Get it in, Gary. Get it in. Okay, I've been yeah, hogging the conversation. I think you're hitting it, uh, Connie, but does grief ever really leave us, or does that become a part of us? Oh, that's a beautiful question. <sighs> How can I best answer that? So I think the difference is whether the grief causes you pain. Because I, I still miss my grandma, Eric, who I was very close to. I've completed my relationship with her so that I no longer have that, that heart stabbing pain in my chest when I think of her, but rather now I can think of her in joy and I can remember those fond memories without having pain. And so am I still grieving my grandma? Yes. But am I still in pain daily to where I can't function or I can't think of her without hurting? No. Because I've completed that pain. I've completed all my undelivered communications with her. I've, I've, I've completed any unmet hopes, dreams, and expectations that I had with my relationship with her. I've completed the things that I wish were different, better, or more. Those are the things that are unresolved grief. And those are the things that I've completed with each of the relationships I've worked on. So does grief ever leave you? I guess not but the pain of grief can leave you. Okay. Well, and that brings us, that brings us to kind of what we're closing here is, you know, we have your, your, the course that you're teaching this fall grief recovery method, which starts September 9th. And so, you know, who's, who would be, who are the students for that class? Obviously students who have experienced grief, 
students who are um, struggling uh, in that grieving process? Um, how about students who are maybe not having a specific issue with grief, but are living with or family members of those who are still struggling? Would that be, would, would that, would this class be what, uh, something those, uh, somebody like that could take? I think that this class is for anyone because okay. we have all been grievers yep. in one way or another. Maybe we don't feel like the pain of our grief is heavy enough to push us into a classroom, right? Like, the, like it did me with my experience. But the thing too, like one, you're going to be able to resolve your, some of your own um, grief in your life if you come to this class. And you're also going to learn how to talk to other people about grief. Like if you have a friend or loved one who is, who is struggling with a loss of some kind and you don't know what to say, we're going to talk about those myths of grief, what not to say, and here's some things you can say instead. Okay. And okay. So, so I think anyone who has ever grieved, which is everyone in the world, can benefit from this class. Very good. Hey, Connie, before we kick you off, <laughs> and I, that sounded mean. I, this was a very enjoyable conversation. And um, thank you for tolerating a little bit of my ignorance as you and walking me through it. How do people get a hold of you if they want to? Um, so you can call my um, business phone number 208-252-5357. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page. It's Connie Irick, Advanced uh, Grief Recovery Specialist. I think it's Advanced Certified. Anyway, so you can find me on Facebook. Um, it's facebook.com slash Connie.Irick, I-R-I-C-K dot C-G-R-S, which stands for Certified grief recovery specialist and there you can also um, find me on the grief recovery method home, uh, page it's griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash grms forward slash connie dash irick and that's a personal page that has a little bit more about my bio when i'm offering classes and things like that very good and we will list all those links in the description uh, uh, on this podcast so people can get those too. All right. Hey, just a quick reminder. Uh, if you have questions about what we do at SWEET, um, definitely look us up at cetrain.isu.edu. That is cetrain.isu.edu. And Gary, do you got anything you want to add before we say goodbye to Connie? Yeah, thanks. No, thank you, Connie. That was very informative. I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. I really enjoyed that. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm.